and welcome back to another edition of Podcast Quincy with Mayor Tom Koch. City View with Mayor Tom Koch as we are in his office right now. My name is Mark Carey, his media director. And what a beautiful day, Mayor, huh? It is a gorgeous day. We should be out front on the Hancock Adams Common doing this, Mark. Man, it is bustling out there today. It's it nice beautiful. to see. Yeah, I mean, they're nice still wearing see. masks, but, uh, but it's still nice to see. I had my vaccination shot this week, by the way. Very good. Yeah, the arm is still a little bit uh, sore. Poor but, guy. Yeah. Suck it up. <laughs> now, moving on to much more interesting things than my woes. So let's just kick it off, Mayor. Let's start off with uh, we, this. The city has just received uh, some some money from the federal government, uh, $46 million, I believe it was from the American Recovery Plan. Uh, this is one bill that uh, we get $46 million for. Now, in a sentence, I'm kidding. How will that be spent? Well, first of all, just so we don't have the money in hand yet. Uh, Congressman Lynch came out a couple of weeks ago to announce what the city of Quincy would be receiving out of the American Recovery Plan, which can be used for revenue shortfalls. It can be used for COVID-related activities. It could be used for some capital projects like soar and water. Why they picked those, I don't know. We're still waiting for the guidelines to be released by the Department of Treasury, actually. As you know, with any piece of legislation, there's always a follow-up with guidelines and recommendations and do's and don'ts. And we're kind of waiting for that, even though we generally have an idea how we can spend it, as I just described. So probably close to half of it, if not half of it, would be used to help offset the revenue shortfalls during the pandemic. For example, the hotel tax is pretty much gone at the moment, you know, uh, understandably so. And a number of like the permit fees from the building department was way down. Even if uh, half a percent of the people will be behind in property taxes. That's millions of dollars. So if you if you list all the categories out that we derive revenue from, most of them are down from where they were the year before. So this bill uh, and this money will allow us to stabilize our financial situation, which is great, really is good. And then, you know, there's other COVID things we can do with it. Uh, we'll be looking at helping to fund some of our local pro- nonprofits again with the food pantries and the addiction services and mental health services. Uh, we'll... Glad going to share some of that, a small push of that to help them. And we're still waiting for the guidance. So, you know, there's a lot of water and soil work we need to do in the city. So certainly uh, we'll, it'll be put to good use. There's no question about it. So I thank Congressman Lynch and, and certainly our senators uh, and the entire delegation from Massachusetts for, for the good work. You know, we're a city of about 100,000. So it sounds like a lot of money, and it is. But, um, you know, we're... We just still don't know how the economy is going to going to move forward over the next couple of years. So this this is a very helpful uh, piece of legislation because it directly assists our budget and really helps to stabilize the city's finances. And we're going to need that money, obviously, because you just stated with the hotel motel taxes is depleted, and same with a lot of uh, all these other yeah. A number of the categories are way down, so yeah. this helps us to right. uh, off, make that offset. Great. Yep. Well, within that American Recovery Act uh, recovery plan, uh, it also included a separate bill that also included some major infrastructure for cities and towns. Now, that's, this is separate of the $46 million. This is a separate bill they're looking at right now. Uh, President Biden submitted something. Congress is looking at it. Um, and it's, it's funny. I was talking to Congressman Lynch yesterday. He was visiting the city at the Manit, um Community Health Center because it's Community Development Block Grant Week, CDBG Week, which is a federal program that's been around since 1975, which is a nice... It's, it's a good program for the city in, in many ways. But anyway, in discussing... You know, the potential legislation with Congressman Lynch, he was, you know, alluding to, you know, roads and bridges and transportation projects. And, and, uh, and, I, and I said to him, I hope that 
the, the legislation is a little bit flexible. If you go across the country, in fact, you don't even have to leave Massachusetts. Every city and town is different, even in our own Commonwealth. Yeah. And each city and town has different needs. Now, some, some of us share the same challenges, societal, whether it's addiction or other things. But as far as infrastructure in your individual community, you know, for example, one town may be wanting to spend a lot of money on building a new school. Somebody else, it may be a firehouse. Somebody else, it may be a library. Somebody else, it might be a bridge. Somebody else, it might be water and sewer lines. You know, there's many ways to skin the cat on this stuff. So I do hope that it's flexible from the federal government in the sense that it has to be for infrastructure. And by the way, we need to upgrade our infrastructure, number one. Number two is it puts a lot of people to work when you talk about infrastructure, mm. uh, which is huge. And that, that helps the economy in itself. So, you know, we're hopeful that, you know, we have submitted at the congressman's request to his office a number of potential projects and needs the city has. I mean, we're an old city. And as we've talked about here, we're, we'll find out next week the school building authority will be voting on the Squanum School replacement. Right. Uh, so, we're, you know, that would be the fourth new school if that goes forward. Uh, we've done parks and playgrounds. We've done work in the libraries. We've done works on roads. We do millions of dollars every year in water and sewer and drain line stuff. Um, so people forget what's on the ground. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. again, it's not sexy. If you turn your faucet on, it doesn't work. That's when it hits you. Or yeah. your toilet's overflowing because there's something going on with the sewer system. But when everything is working, you don't think about it because it's not visible. But it's important because it's old. The system is old. And we commit every year to millions to try to upgrade that system, expand that system. Things happen on the ground, you know, we, when you don't necessarily see. For example, we, we run cameras in some of the sewer lines and drain lines to see what's going on. If we, first of all, check in what age they are. But number two is if we have any issues, the Department of Public Works has a crew that they actually put a camera down and, and view what's going on to see if there's any breaks, to see if this pipe is crushed or whatever may cause it. So there's a lot of, there's hundreds of miles of piping underground. Hundreds of miles of piping, that, yeah. That we got to maintain. So, yeah. so there's, there's all kinds of ways to spend that additional federal money that would certainly upgrade our infrastructure um, and also put us in a better place uh, long term. It takes that, you know, that's a liability. You know, assets and liabilities, you talk about, we talk about that a lot. We have tremendous assets in the city, but, you know, some of those long-term maintenance issues are liabilities, and to take that liability off, this would be helpful. Now, I have no idea what the number's going to be federally. Nationally, I should say it's all federal money. I don't know what it's going to be for Massachusetts or the city of Quincy, but we are certainly prepared. One thing I've been very aggressive about is we do a lot of planning, a lot of engineering work, a lot of design work. So we have stuff already on the shelf that if they say, hey, we, we want projects that you can do tomorrow. Apply me. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> we, right. We're ready, you know, because yeah. we do have a, you know, we're a good-sized city and we get a lot of challenges. We get a lot of needs. So, you know, it, it, it'll it never be a case of the city not asking or applying for any monies. Mm. Anything that's out there, we're going to take full advantage of for all the right reasons. Which we have stated, already so. with, the, as you mentioned, this would be the fourth school if we get it. There's already three schools up. And we've taken advantage of those things as they came from the state and from the federal government. Yeah, that was all school building authority. That was a state program. Tim, yeah. Tim uh, Rowan Quincy, Tim Cahill was the first the state treasurer that, that oversaw actually the, the conception of it and uh, instituted the initial guidelines and process. So, yeah, I mean, we've been successful. The new Quincy High, the new Central Middle School, the new Southwest Middle School, largely funded by the state. We get a reimbursement rate. That changes every year depending on demographics. So we're hopeful that we'll have a good rate should we get the nod on the Squantum School, uh, that it would be the next... Uh, it's funny, I, I talked to a lot of my colleagues about these things, and I, after those other three schools I just mentioned, what do you think is the worst plant, the worst school building in our system? 
Everybody said Squanum. Really? It, it's it's uh, the original portion of the building is an old sneaker. They have is actually a a spiral staircase from the basement of the gym on on the food to come up from the cafeteria where it's me. cooked and prepared. It's it's really archaic. And then if you look at the additions over the years onto that school, the linear additions mm. they weren't quality. They weren't yeah. made to last. This this is a a building that uh, you know I, I, this. The original portion, yeah, it's very strange. It's, it's so it has long. some character to it where the yeah. brick and stuff is, but yeah. the the rest of it is nothing to look at. Yeah. Uh, so, and you know, there's handicap accessibility issues there. It's just yeah. an old, old structure that, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. The old, old buildings, the Coddington Building, the Parker School, the Montclair School, the Walson School, they're great old, big, solid buildings. The big wood beams with brick and granite and foundation. And, yeah, and, absolutely, yeah. and and you know those have held up well. We we maintain them, but they hold up well. But the additions to the Squanum, I don't know. If maybe the nineteen fifties, nineteen seventies, it was not quality. I'll say that. Maybe that when they first started the low bid stuff, uh, that may be a part of it. But in any case, we're in a full agreement locally that Squanum School should be the next school to be dealt with on the list and uh, we'll find out next week oh, that's great. where we stand with the uh, state. It's exciting news, uh, hopefully. So let's uh, shift gears a little bit again. We, uh, the community preservation committee recently is, I think yesterday, this is Friday that we're recording this, uh, recently approved the acquisition and funds to acquire the next, uh, the, the property next to the Adams, the Adams Academy. So you want to tell folks more about that? Yeah, we talked about this um, publicly a few months back, uh, maybe more than that. Maybe it was a year ago, Mark. Uh, yeah. Time goes by. And, you know, the thought is that, you know, the story of the Adamses here in Quincy is pretty remarkable. And, you know, the second president, John Adams, he wrote the state constitution in his law office in Quincy. And then, of course, became the second president, uh, was really a driver in the revolutionary period, that really a driver and instigator, if you will, on debate on the floor of the Continental Congress to separate from Great Britain for independence. Obviously, his wife, Abigail, uh, there's extensive letters between the two of them of a remarkable woman she was, and so far ahead of her time. Uh, and then, of course, they you know they were the parents of John Quincy Adams, who became the sixth president of the United States. He was an um, incredible diplomat. The Monroe Doctrine was written by him under President Monroe. He was Secretary of State at the time. John Quincy Adams, uh, by all accounts, uh, all the experts say, by far had the highest IQ of any president in the history of our country. Uh, that's pretty remarkable. So both of them uh, were very, very staunchly independent. They were both concerned about the party system. They spoke about that at length. And uh, and I would think if they saw it today, they would say, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were also consistent with their you know position on slavery. They absolutely opposed slavery for all the right reasons. An abomination was, is what they said. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And um, you know, so they were way ahead of their time. Way ahead of their time in so many ways. Interestingly enough, they were both one-termers. They did not get reelected, and they and part of that is because they were so darn independent. They didn't play the games that some of the deals that have to come together to make right. things work, and and that became a problem. And, and that could be a legitimate criticism of them. You know, in government, you have to compromise, you have to cut deals to to make things move forward, particularly mm-hmm. legislatively. So I certainly uh, I understand that, but we thought it was time to as a city to put together an entity, a nonprofit entity, to really build on that that whole story. Right now we have the Adams Mansion, the old the Peace Field, I guess we call it, and the two birthplaces, and they're under the jurisdiction of the Federal Park Service. And they're only open half the year. And it's not a criticism, it's just the way it is. They're not heated and, and, right. and so forth. They don't want to 
I suppose, bring snow and ice through the place and et cetera, et cetera. But there's a lot of people that come visit our city. We're a city of 100,000 on a regular basis, and they come and go up to that door, and it's locked or the gate's closed, and, and uh, they can't experience some of that uh, wonderful heritage we have here with, with, with those great spots. So the thought is really to put together a year-round facility that would uh, be a beautiful structure aesthetically. I've seen some of the images of some of the presidential libraries. They're horrendous, <laughs> horrendous. Yeah. But at any rate, and, and then within that structure would be to tell the story, to use all the new technology, all the bells and whistles. Perhaps we can work something out with some of the uh, scenes from Tom Hanks's uh, John Adams movie based on the McCullough book. Um, I think there's all kinds of potential for this. We also talked about getting the collection of books that John Adams had from the city of Boston back to Quincy, where they really belong. That's where John Adams had left them in his will. Who owns those, by the way? The city of Quincy technically, I would argue, owns them. No, what happened was one of the Adamses in, the, in um, I think it was Charles Francis Adams, just around the turn of the century, asked that they be transferred to the Boston Public Library where they would really be seen by more people. And it was understandable the position at the time, but that wasn't the wishes of John Adams. So I think that morally we still technically own them. They're on loan to the Boston Public Library. Mm. And the goal would be to get that collection back and to include that collection in the exhibit space of uh, what would be a Adams presidential center of some sort. We haven't figured out exactly yeah, the right. name and how we'll do it. But a place that even uh, scholars could come uh, or, you know, and look at it, or students. And no, I, th- I think that we'll, we'll do it upright. Once we have, well, let me go back. The Community Preservation Committee just voted um, to recommend it to move forward to use community preservation money. So the Community Preservation Committee meets. They make recommendations to the mayor who then I have to submit any appropriations to the city council, so it's a it's you know it's a pretty healthy process. Mm-hmm. Uh, All and checks and balances. That's everywhere. right. Yeah, that's right. And um, you know, community preservation is about community preservation, which relates to tourism and history. It really, uh, community preservation monies can also be used for uh, affordable housing projects um, and uh, preservation projects. So, is it, there's some you know variety of things we could do with it: park and recreation park construction, acquisition of open space. And we've done a number of those projects using community preservation monies. This one is uh, is kind of a special one, and I really think it fits beautifully uh, and will fit beautifully. So the, the Adams Academy, which is on Adams Street, the corner of Dimmick Street, for those of people that may not be exactly familiar with it, but it's that beautiful uh, granite with red brick trim. It's usually the reverse when you have a building. It's usually... Uh, the, gra- the brick with the granite trim, but this one's a reverse. It's really a handsome, handsome building that was built with money from John Adams' will to build a school for boys at the time. It opened up in like 1872. It didn't last, um, I don't think, in two decades or so. And then it became the home of the Historical Society at the recommendation of one of the Adamses years later, and it's been their home for quite a few years now. Um, and it's also the site of the birthplace of John Hancock. So uh, John Hancock, born and raised in Quincy, and then... His parents had passed away, and his, his uncle adopted him in, in town. He became the wealthiest guy in the colonies back then, where he was responsible for funding the early efforts in the revolution. So the history goes on and on and yeah, on here. It really right. does. And I don't want to go on and on on here, but yeah. uh, there's two buildings that were purchased by a developer next to the Adams Academy. One was a small little office building that had dentists and some other offices mm-hmm. in it. Next to that was an old uh, funeral home. Wickens, uh, Wickens and Troop, I think they became Wickles Hamilton Troop um, over the years. And um, those two buildings there are the two that we've negotiated a, a sale price with the developer. 
first step was a community preservation to make their vote. They did. Next step will be once um, we have everything put together on that whole list of the community preservation committee, then we will submit that to the city council for approval. And then hopefully we'll be passing papers by uh, late spring, early summer. And then that begins the, the project in earnest because you really can't go out and raise money for something you don't have control of. Yes. <laughs> right, right. So we want to have the land uh, in hand. It would be built. We've had some early conceptuals done. It would be built uh, three stories, three stories on Adams Street, two stories on the Bergen Parkway side because of the elevation change. Sure. And we would open up Freedom Park and beautify that and perhaps bring the entrance in off of Bergen on Freedom Park. Right, right. The idea would be to build a deck over the tracks, and that would be the connection between Freedom Park and the new presidential center library, nice. whatever it will be. Nice. It's uh, so it's 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 going to be a fun project. Uh, yeah. You know, and and I think there will be excitement about it. They're still relevant in history, extremely relevant. They really you know, are. What, yeah. the, what they spoke about, what they boasted about, is uh, is is relevant today, big time. So, you know, more to follow. But this was a huge step mm. in the creation of of this whole concept. So I'm, yeah. uh, I'm grateful for everyone so far that has. Seen the wisdom in it. Well, that's good news, and we won't uh, we won't really talk about this. We'll wait to another podcast because we could pretty much use the whole podcast talking about the budget because we were just about to enter budget season, right? Yep, so, that's where, correct, you, yep. where you present a budget to the city council, and uh, that's coming soon. But we'll wait and talk about that later. But sure. it is Friday afternoon as we're recording this, and tomorrow there's a big event here in the city of Quincy. It's a fight anti Asian hate a solidarity rally event. Uh, it's actually put on by the. Uh, Quincy Asian Resources. That's uh, correct. Group. Philip Philip Chong is the director yep. there, and uh, he reached out to me about a week ago, looking to do this on, on the Hancock Adams Common. We said uh, absolutely. Uh, we're gladly there to stand with you and support. I think there'll be a number of um, government officials there and folks to just to let people know that um, you know what we're not going to let these uh, evil people or ignorant people or mentally challenged people that you know may perform a act of violence, in this case, uh, with the Asian residents of our country, we're not going to let them define us. I mean, that's not who we are. It's not who we are as a country. It's not who we are as the city of Quincy. So we just want to get the message out and make, uh, you know, we have a large Asian population in Quincy, uh, Chinese, Vietnamese, Indian. Uh, we have a very large population. Thankfully, we haven't had any, you know, major violence or things. But, um, you know, the, the businesses are thriving. Um, they, they're certainly... As, as those other immigrant groups before them have integrated well, raised their family, put their kids through school, just want to live the American dream like everybody else does. So uh, we want to make sure we reinforce that message tomorrow, that we stand together against any type of violence. Um, certainly in this case, as we've seen an uptick nationally in violence. I mean, that, that video of the woman in New York... Yeah, I was in New York uh, when that happened. It was just despicable when yeah. you see that video. Disgusting. Absolutely. And what, what's worse is not, not only the individual doing it, but people going by and not doing anything about it, stepping in or saying yeah. anything. They're all being That's charged. really yeah. disturbing. That yeah. really was, yeah. So, so it's just uh, together as a, as a community, we'll stand together once again and, and uh, say we're in this together. We're all part of the same human family, and we're not going to stand for it. And that very, uh, I believe, moving event will will take place uh, right in front of City Hall um, on the Hancock Adams Common, that is it on April 10th, Saturday. That's tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on Saturday or yesterday if it's on Sunday. So it's <laughs> going to be at 11 a.m. So feel free to come on by and, and support our Asian community as we support each other. And, uh, Mayor, I, I really don't have much more to add today. Do you have anything you want to? 
Oh, happy spring, everybody. Enjoy, Enjoy the this beautiful weekend. All right, Mayor, thank, thank you, you very much once again. This has been Podcast Quincy. Please find us uh, at City of Quincy on Facebook and follow us, like us there, and uh, all of our social media channels. So we'll see you next time on Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch.